Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on seven and a half acres way out in the country. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's less than a third of an acre. We call ourselves Garden Angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want you to love it too. Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets. The good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where, how, why, etc., etc., etc. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol. How's your garden growing? Well... We got an outstanding one tenth of an inch of rain last night, so woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, no rain here. No rain here. But you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to go buy yellow mums. That's what you're going to do. I was yep. in a bad mood last Friday. And so I thought, you know what? What will make me feel better? Yellow mums. Yellow mums in pots that I don't have to repot. They're just disposable yellow mums. So when I'm done with them, I will dump them on the compost pile, save the pots for another use because they're plastic and we don't want to put more plastic in the landfill. But I don't even have to like repot them. They're literally decor for the outdoors. You know what? I got some yellow mums and I got some purple mums. One of each. I love purple mums. Didn't repot them. They're just, I put them in the hanging basket so I Ripped the old stuff out, stuck those in, mm-hmm. all good to go. I had already reprotted my uh, front flower pots, my big tall ones outside my front door. So I already had that done. And I thought, I just need to see yellow mums as I drive in every day, which we've talked a lot about this year, about plant things that you, you, know, that you really want to see close to your house where you see them every day. Right. You don't want to go out to, in your case, the back 40 or wherever it is. And have to take a hike every time you want to go see your favorite flower. It should be right outside that front door or back door. And the reason I chose yellow was because yellow looks good in a semi-shady area. And they will open just fine. And I bought them, you know, when they were just barely starting to open. But you know what other mum I really like if I have a sunny spot that um, if I were just going to buy one to put next to my pots? What's that? The reddish ones that have the bright yellow center. I like those yeah, too. Those are pretty. They are pretty and they those stand out. So if you're just going to buy some pretty mums, if you're in a bad mood, just go buy yourself something fun. I also bought some more pansies to plant. Of course you of course did. I, I would buy some more, but the greenhouse is long out of everything. Uh, they got a new shipment in. That's the only reason I was able to get some. And what else did I buy? Oh, some violas in blue to go with everything I else. I love me some violas. Yeah, because violas spread. So, That's, well, not they don't really spread here very much, but I did want to report back on our garden commission to clean out the vegetable garden. How'd it go? Last week we said we were going to do that, went really well. I played what I like to say, call beat the trash man because <laughs> I was putting these in the trash. So I wake up on trash day and they're going to come anytime between eight and noon. So I rush out there. And I cleaned up as fast as I could. I got two bags in the trash before they showed up. So there you go. That's pretty good. There you go. <laughs> I uh, and the reason you put those in the trash instead of your compost pile was because disease and insects, and I don't want things to overwinter in the vegetable garden. So I did mow and pick up some leaves because we're at full color and probably like a day or two past full color. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, leaves are starting to fall, so I'm picking them up, putting them on the vegetable beds to keep the weeds down. So everything's gone except the corn, and i got to pull up some onions. Well, good for you. Good job. I would love to tell you everything's gone in my vegetable garden. It is not, and I'll get to that this week. I did take cuttings for the greenhouse, and I also— Yeah, but, you know— but our commission wasn't to take cuttings for the greenhouse. Our commission was to clean up our vegetable garden. Yeah. La, de, da, de, da, de, da, de, da. So you win. And you're real big on winning. So you win. <laughs> <laughs> I got cuttings for next spring. So there. I win too. Well, let's move on to a poem because I do not have cuttings for next spring. <laughs> okay. Oh, before we forget, I wanted to tell you, I had also picked figs last week. Ooh, ripe figs. Ripe figs. I wish I liked They're them. Delicious. And I wrote a blog post about them and growing figs in Indiana, which I think this brown turkey variety would also work well in Oklahoma. And so I wrote a blog post about how I do that. So it's out there and I'll put a link to it. I'm going to have a blog post by the time this goes up about taking cuttings for the greenhouse. So we'll put that up too. That way people will see All right. it. So I saw this poem and it's by George Cooper. And we're going to do a stanza for each quote. Very good. I'll let you do the first one. It's called October Gave a Party. October gave a party. The leaves by hundreds came. The chestnuts, oaks, and maples, and leaves of every name. The sunshine spread a carpet, and everything was grand. Miss Weather led the dancing. Professor Wind, the band. That's really nice. And if we had our druthers about ourselves, we would talk about trees right now, but we're going to talk about Autumn crocuses. You are. <laughs> yeah, because oh, no. you apparently can't. either can't grow these or have given up growing them because uh, the crocus is a favorite food, it seems, of squirrels. Indeed it is. And I'm kind of tired of feeding voles, squirrels, and other creatures. Which reminds me, I keep seeing too many chipmunks running around, and I'm thinking, this is, this is just... This is not good. It's not good. This is not good. And I'm like, I I got to do something. But anyway, in about two weeks from when this podcast drops, my autumn crocuses, which is crocus speciosus, ought to be blooming in my garden. They're literally like the last flower before the hellebores. That's interesting because here, um, I don't grow those. And I'm... I think I tried it one time and they just disappeared and never came back. So I just decided that wasn't something I needed to grow. However, I have seen them in um, up by Seattle. And I thought they were one of the prettiest things I've ever seen in my life when they were in bloom. Yeah, they, they come up and I always think that they have disappeared. But then I've always forgot how late they actually bloom. I mean, that literally, I look for them on Halloween. Wow. That's late. That is late. And there's another fall-blooming crocus called the saffron crocuses, yeah. which is crocus sativus, from which we get the spice saffron. Right. Which is it? The anthers? Is it the anthers? Yeah. Okay. It's the, this, the, the, yeah. the little yellow bits. They're darkish red. Oh, that's right. They make everything yellow, but they are darkish red. I'm sorry. Why don't you talk about them? I don't grow them. What do I know? Well, this one I have grown, and I actually lined it out in my vegetable garden like a crop because it's a spice. And they they came up, and they all bloomed because you plant them late in the summer. They came up. They bloomed. I got all the little things off of them, and then they came up the next year, but it was all foliage. There was no flowers. Hmm. 
And so the autumn crocus, crocus speciosus, grow just for fun, and the flowers have come back for me. The saffron crocus, I told people I was going to become a millionaire because saffron is in a very expensive It spice, is very expensive. But you need like thousands to get enough to make a pound, which and a pound sells for like $2,000. And that's why it's so expensive, because it has to be hand-picked, and there's yes. not much of it. So I decided that that's just sort of a novelty thing, and I don't really cook that much with it. So I kind of gave up growing those. But I did want to remind people that this you know, fall is when we're going to plant the Tommies, they call them, which is Crocus thomasianiensis. Or did I say that? I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Something like that. That one. Uh, Tommies. That's the easiest way to do it. And I have grown these, and I still have some of these. I love Tommies. I love Ruby Giant. That's my favorite one. I don't have a favorite. I just I don't even know which ones are which in the lawn because I've planted thousands. This is the first fall in, I think, I'm going to say 10 years that I have not planted more crocuses. So people ask me if squirrels eat them. My assumption is that squirrels do eat some of them, but that there's enough of them out there now. There's no way they're going to eat them all. So I'm kind of anxious this spring to see what how many up? actually come back. Yeah, because I will not have planted any. I plant a lot of Kionodoxa because it blooms later. Uh-huh. And I want later blooms for Easter. But we'll see if the Tommies, how many Tommies come up. So what ate them here were voles. Oh, those are nasty things. They're bad. And I had a really bad influx of those creatures in my front uh, border. And I I quit, even though I still got some Tommies left, I haven't planted any more because, well, I don't want to deal with the voles. So I plant things there they don't like, like daffodils. And, but we can talk about bulb bulbs another day. That's right. We got a little bit of a poem to finish up. Yes. Do you want to do so, this one or you want me to? I'll do it. The chestnuts came in yellow, the oaks in crimson dressed, the lovely Mrs. Maple in scarlet looked their best. A balance to their partners and gaily fluttered by, the sight was like a rainbow, new fallen from the sky. I really love this poem. And when we get to the last stanza, I, I think you'll love it too. And I think I want it on like one of those boards or at least a stanza of it. Because you know how I like to have quotes around my house and stuff? I have them all over the place because I love words. I did not words. know that. You didn't know that about me? How is that possible? Yeah, I thought I you knew that. everything about me. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I have quotes all over the place, and they're framed and stuff. And I'd like to frame one of the stanzas of this poem because it, it makes me happy. Why don't you cross-stitch it? Yeah, probably not going to do that. When am I going to find time to cross stitch? I can barely. I don't know. Write. I don't know. And you, garden coach. I know. And find somebody. Do. do you have a friend that does calligraphy? I do not. Oh, I was going to say you could find somebody to do it in calligraphy for you. Yes, I could. You can hire those people on Etsy. They don't have to be your friends. Oh, but it's nicer if they're your friend, isn't it? I guess. No, I don't really care. So, what are we talking about on veggies? Well, we didn't have much to talk about, but we did talk about we both ended up with sort of an excess of peppers at the oh end of the gosh, year. Oh, my so many peppers. <laughs> what to do with them. And my one suggestion was to clean them and then cut them and freeze them and use them later in chilies and stews and, I don't know, whatever you use chopped peppers in. That will definitely work. And if you did shishito peppers, you just freeze those whole in little bags, and then you pull them out and you saute them. 
You can also roast them. Roasted green chilies are delicious, as all of New Mexico knows. And you can make keto bacon cream cheese jalapeno poppers with them, because you don't have to have jalapenos. Which I think we've talked about before. Yes, and apparently I like it so much that I bring it up over and over again, but those are really good. I don't like them with the bacon wrapped all around them. I just like a little bit of crumble on the top. So I don't know if I'm going to plant. I'm not going to plant as many varieties of pepper next year. I'm not either. I I just, you know what, I think I'm just going to stick with your basic bell peppers and maybe some jalapenos or maybe some serranos, and that's that's going to be enough. I think you should grow some shishitos. I think you'd really like them. They're not hot. They're delicious. Maybe I should. Just to try. And you know what, Dee? If we keep talking about, like, peppers, Uh guess what's going to happen? You're going to go buy pepper seed this early? No. We're going to end up with a long list of peppers. And this, like, this idea that we have in the fall of, oh, I'm just going to plant, like, some basic bell peppers, some jalapeno, some serrano, is going to become a list of, like, a dozen different peppers that we're going to grow all over the place. Now, I know that, like we talked about last week, I'm going to grow Big Jim because I loved those, and that's what I make the poppers out of. And I'll probably grow a jalapeno, and I'm going to grow quite a few shishitos because I can't expect my friend Karen to just give me shishitos all the time like she did this year. So she had, I think she had 16 plants or something. I had six, um, but some of them were kind of shaded out, so I've got to do things a little different. But we can talk about that another day. We can. I have another stanza. Go for it. Then in the rustic hollow at Hide and Seek they played, the party closed at sundown, and everybody stayed. Professor Wind played louder, they flew along the ground, and then the party ended, and jolly hands around. I don't know what jolly hands around is, but it sounds fun. It does. Now, is, is that the stanza you wanted to have printed on something? Or? No, I think I want the first one. Okay, that makes sense. I want the first one because I love the part about the sunshine spread a carpet. Yes. But don't you, love, don't you love the poem too now? I do love the poem. It's very lovely. It made me in a good mood. You know what you could do, Dee? You could just... What could I do, Carol? You could just print this on a, with a pretty font on a piece of paper and stick it in a frame. I could. I could do that. Or I'll just have it made into something. Make, I've already got it figured add out. Add some clip up, clip art of some leaves and stuff. You could do it all on the computer. Probably not going to do that, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fold it up, stick it in an envelope, and send it to you. Yeah. Okay. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> all right. So we shall we talk about what's on the bookshelf? Well, we shall. And I shall ask you questions because you read Uprooted, A Gardener Reflects on Beginning Again by Paige Dickey, who used to own a garden called Duck Hill up in New York. And she right? moved to Connecticut. And I have not read the book, but I listened to a podcast episode of A Way to Garden, where she was interviewed with by Margaret Roach. And I listened because you were so excited about this book. Dee, tell us about this book. Okay, the reason I'm so excited about it is a couple of things. Paige is a wonderful writer. I don't know Paige, but she's a wonderful writer. And she has a real way with words. And I'm at the time, she's a little older than me, but I'm at the time of my life when I'm thinking about the fact that one day I may need to leave this garden, right? Right. And most people think downsize. Right? Oh, yeah. And so she did not downsize. She upsized with her husband. 
And the way they upsized, though, was kind of like simplifying their life. In fact, it was simplifying their life. And so they ended up on 17 acres at a place they called Church House, because at one time it was a United Methodist Church, um, back long time ago, like the 1800s or something. And um, it was not in the normal... It looked more like a Quaker meeting house because there's pictures of it in the book. Right. So it's not like a. It's not like they bought a church. Anyway, um, they got part. Okay. So when they, what I loved about it was they were going to downsize. They were going to do this. They were going to do that. I mean, they had all these ideas, these preconceptions, and then um, she wasn't even going to look at this house. And then something made her decide to go and drive by it with the realtor and her husband. Because on Zillow or whatever they were looking at, right. it didn't look like what they wanted. It had such wonderful views that that's what first sold them. It also had a pool, which is interesting. And it also had the remnants of a garden that had been designed by a garden designer. Cool. So... um I thought it was, I mean, ask me your questions now, and I'll try to answer them. So when, so she went from one garden to another garden that was bigger. And I think what you told me right. and what I read in the podcast is her previous garden had a lot of boxwood hedges and things that required regular pruning and trimming and yes. fussing around with. And the new garden for some what of a way to say is more naturalized so to speak and so it's a more naturalistic yeah type of style and so and a lot of it is woods so I've, I've been reading I'm like almost at the very end and I just finished the section on the woods and I took pictures of various sections and sent them to you um, because I just read a whole chapter on invasives which I thought was very helpful, but especially to you because they're invasives in your area more than they are in my area. Right. Like the Asian honeysuckle. And I think on the podcast, she talked about how, I think it was on this podcast, um, removing the invasives. And she started to see native flowers that she'd never seen before. Right. There's a lot of native flowers there that she's never seen before. And we should link to that podcast. Um, Margaret does a really good job. They know each other, and she does a good job of interviewing her. And Paige sounds just as lovely in person, or at least on the airways, as she does in the book. She writes very much like she speaks. And um, I thought that one thing that Margaret hit home with over and over again is that when you first start gardening, you have this idea that everything has to be some kind of special plant. You're like a plant collector once you kind of get into gardening. And then as you garden over your lifetime, I think two things have happened. And that's these are two lessons from the book. As gardeners, we change. Right. Right. And we become less interested in growing that special plant, whatever that plant is. That doesn't mean that we don't still love hearing the new plant list come out every, you know, we always hear about it at GardenCom ahead of time, but in January there's all those articles, of which we also write, because that people want to know about that. But on the other hand, we become very interested in the entire ecosystem. Right. Right. It, right. And they you talked change. about, they talked about, and I, I thought of you in the podcast, because um, I, I think of your gardens closer to your house as um, 
more of those more formal, more formal, the plants she really wanted, all the different roses, which she've since gotten rid of, all the daylilies and everything, collecting daylilies. But now your focus is up on your meadow and it's, it is more naturalistic and you're interested in just getting that meadow to be um, sort of an Oklahoma meadow without a bunch of invasives in it. And so I saw that in you the same as what goes on with them. And so here, my, my little meadow was like 10 by 10, but I, I understand what they were talking about. Right. Because she has three meadows and three wooded areas, I think. And um, so she has this beautiful formal design, which was still naturalistic by Nancy McCabe. And she had created it for the previous owner. And so she has, she's gotten all these like peonies, um, irises. There were some other traditional plants, but also some really cool um, trees. I want to say serviceberry was one of them. Mm-hmm. There was just like some really neat things. And, but what she found is as she started to explore, because she has 17 acres, as she explored that 17 acres, she realized that they had some really important things in their woods. And that's why she's trying to clear out invasives. Anyway, it's an amazing book. I think as gardeners, we become more interested in butterflies and bees and all that kind of stuff and birds. She was highly influenced by Doug Tallamy. I was too. Um, but that doesn't mean my whole garden's an, a native garden. Although I will say that after I pulled out a bunch of the roses, I went back in and put in native plants, native shrubs instead. Right. Like, um, Oh, spice bush is a good example of one of them. And she talks about spice bush in there too. I was really surprised in Connecticut how many things they grow that I grow here. Really? I was. Because Oklahoma is so much further south and west, both. And I just was really surprised at how many native plants are native there and they're native here. Or she has selections of natives that come from here. It's just an interesting thing. Huh. And... um in garden coaching, that's one of the things I try to do is is help people work with their actual climate. And I, you know, Oklahoma is very diverse. Right. Just this past week, I've been to three very different types of gardens, very different type of gardeners. And that's that's what keeps it interesting. But anyway, great book. Loved it. Thought Margaret's podcast with her was really fun. Wished I could go to their October 6th. It's already gone. But their October 6th online meeting that they were having together. I just, I was really impressed. It was. And so the book is Uprooted, A Gardener Reflects on Beginning Again by Paige Dickey. And so we're going to link to Margaret's podcast. I'm also going to link to Paige Dickey's website. Because I looked on there and um, she has a ton of virtual events this fall. And so some of them may be free or a nominal fee. And so um, I think I'm definitely going to get this book. We did not get review copies, but um, you just... No, I bought it. I'm going to get this book. And then I think I'm going to try to pop into one of her virtual events. I think that's a great idea. I think I'll do it too. And um, I, Paige is a wonderful writer. I say Paige like we're friends. She's a wonderful writer and I just think that she's actually written a ton of books. She has. Which you and I didn't know. And one of the things she didn't want to spoil when she came to this new place, um, she wanted to have her views. And so she's been really good about not filling up the whole area with more boxwood that she's going to have to trim up. And that would also close off the view and make it more like garden rooms. She's changing that. So really, really fun. And... Anyway, I love it. All right. 
Well, let's move on to our dirt. Okay. We got two we pieces got a lot of, of dirt. dirt. Two pieces of dirt. Mm-hmm. The first one was you sent me a link to a um, a news article that there was a rare house plant that was stolen from the New Zealand Botanic Garden, and it was a variegated monstera. Yeah, monsteras are super easy to grow as house plants. Variegated monsteras have become an it plant oh, on yeah. Instagram and other places. They are not easy to grow, and one little tiny piece is like $150. Right. One little tiny piece. And monsteras you can buy really cheap, regular monsteras. One of the reasons is that variegated monsteras um, want to go back to being not variegated all the time. They're really hard to keep variegated. So in New Zealand, they had a variegated monstera, and they don't now. Yeah, and so as houseplants are becoming popular, I hope this doesn't become a trend that people think they can just go into a botanic garden or into a conservatory and pinch off a little this or a little that. It's like, no, 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 no. And I think that I've already read that houseplants are in short supply, and I think we might have talked about this on the podcast. But anyway, that was just kind of interesting that I can't believe people would steal plants. Terrible. Uh, people steal plants out of people's yards all the time. Oh, if I, it's something rare. Yeah, I knew some people that lived closer to the Indianapolis downtown area that said if you planted something out and it looked freshly planted, you could come by the next day and people just pop those plants right out and be gone with them. Terrible. That is terrible. No one should steal plants. People shouldn't steal anyway, and they shouldn't destroy each other's stuff. But, you know, everybody who's normal believes that. That's right. But we have another piece of dirt, D. Yes, an exciting piece of dirt. <laughs> we wanted to make sure we want to make sure our listeners knew that we have banded together to do a webinar for GardenCom on a sensible use of social media, how to keep social media from taking over your life and business. And it's on November 5th at 7 p.m. and Eastern, Eastern time. Oh, I'm glad you said that. So 6 p.m. where I live, and it's a good thing she told me because I might not have shown up. I'm just kidding. Anyway, it's based on our own experiences. It it talks about our detox and what we've done now, and it's only $30 for non-members, $20 for members. We hope that some of you will come because even though this applies to like a work situation, it can be used as a personal situation. That's right. That's right. It just, it's, we have some very good information. I think we have some fun stories to tell and, uh, it should be a good, it should be good and educational, but not preachy because we don't preach. No, we don't <laughs> preach. So D, I did the commission last week, cleaned out the vegetable garden and you did not. So it sounds like we're going to have to carry over that commission. Well, let me, in my own defense, I still, so I, swear you in. I still had tomatoes. I still had tomatoes that were actually ripening on the vines, so I didn't want to pull okay. them up. Although you can pull them up and pull them off, and you can ripen them indoors. That's one thing. I also had peppers, but I think this week we're going to get pretty low, down to forty. So that'll be the end of that. But yeah, we had we had light frost last night, so yuck. I'm not looking forward to. The frost on the pumpkin, but it's going to happen, so I better just get ready. So you also talked to somebody who has already ordered her seeds for 2021. Yes, and she said they came packaged as seeds for 2021. So 
We do not want people to rush and order their seeds before we order our seeds, D, because, you know, last year got kind of dicey, but I would say it would be prudent, prudent, can we say prudent? Yeah, prudent's fine. To, to not wait until the last minute to get your seeds for next year, especially if you have spe- specific varieties that you want to get, like provider green beans. <laughs> I think you're going to be able to find provider. I don't think it'll be that hard to find. I was trying to decide, you know, if you like seeds from Florette flowers, if you buy from them, they come in really tiny packs of very few seeds. So you might want to order those fairly early. I don't think you need to order them now. I'm not even sure if her seed company, she she kind of closes down and then she has an opening. Uh-huh. So I would say that first day, though, you might want to get out there and buy some of hers, especially if they get the Magnolia Network up, you know, on TV, because Florette uh-huh. is going to have a show on Magnolia. And can you yeah. imagine how her seeds will sell? Yes. They will sell very well. Very well. So I'm actually thinking about, you remember, um, let's see, what's it called? Hot Biscuits or my one amaranth that survived? It's, yeah. yeah, I bought it from Florette, the seed. Remember, I tried to set them out as plants? Well, I'm getting ready to go out there and capture the seed because obviously they didn't cross-pollinate with any other amaranth because I don't have any other amaranth in any other variety. I don't even... Will you send me some seed? If I have some, I will, yes. All right. Well, that's it. So our garden commission is really, really to finish up garden cleanup in the vegetable garden. I'm going to put more leaves on my beds. I've got two of them covered. Um, four more to go. You go, girl. I'm going to redo my um, cutting garden, but I'm not going to promise to do it this week. Okay. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to The Garden Angelist. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen, because that helps you and helps us. And check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And if you want to help support us, use the affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we are in a small commission, and it helps pay for the cost of doing this podcast, which costs you nothing to listen to. It also costs you nothing to use affiliate links, which is cool, too. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the garden gate today. Bye until next week. Bye.